So glad you're listening to Tech Vibe Radio tonight. This is John the Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. And Audrey, you know what? I feel like I haven't been on the air in a while. I know. It's been weird. And the fall has gone by right. so quickly. And like you were traveling everywhere. You were in Croatia. You were, like, you were in Portland. And then the last time, you took this really cool flight with British Airways along with a number of our Pittsburgh startups for a really cool business mission over to the UK. I was so excited when you guys did this. I, I will admit, I was a little jealous. It was the one time I really wanted to fly internationally. Whoa. Yes. You know how you always push me. You've done a great job of pushing me to expand my horizons. And this is the, I was like, I don't oh, want. I, I didn't want to have to. I would love to go say on that. that yeah. Out loud. No, it's. I'm just saying. But I can tell you one of the things. Just looking backwards. Right. Okay. Looking backwards. Obviously, I was blown away that you hadn't been anywhere. Right. Because. I've been lucky in my life to travel almost all around the world. I was going to say, you've been everywhere around the world. Not right? everywhere. No, but Pretty just close. travel around. I haven't been to Africa. Really? No. Oh, well then. No. Gee whiz. I haven't been to Japan. But you've been like to Australia. You've, yeah. you've hit the major the ma- uh, time But there's still, zones. there's a whole but lot of world out there. There there's is a whole lot of world out there. Absolutely. And one thing that I love about Pittsburgh is we have a lot of bragging rights Mm -hmm. and what we have built here and continue to build is absolutely incredible but if the whole world doesn't know about it and you're not connected to the world good point what does it matter it's 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 tough we're in a in a world of of as you know everyone knows you can reach anyone anywhere anytime whether or not they respond back to you but the point is we're our interconnectedness is important and on top of that you can't really build a company in pittsburgh when the customers are all around the world. Exactly. Well, that's one thing, a perspective you've always brought to the Tech Council is you are trying to make those international connections. And you you literally, you put your money where your mouth is because you're always out trying to connect. And like I said, I was really excited when you were on this mission leading, I think we had, what, 10, mm-hmm. 10 startup tech companies? Or not even startup, right. they, were, they were like just full-blown well, tech when, companies I mean, at this point. I guess the definition, the awkward yeah. definition of startup is is debatable, but they're right. all companies – Maybe except for one that were in that had customers, right? Because right? really Compunetics has been around for right. fifty-one years. I mean, years. you had that, and so you had Legal Sifter. Right. And we had Yin's Cam, who was I was so proud of, right. just watching them from birth to not, you know to Treat where they space are now. Was, Treat, space. Treat Space was out there. Um, you know, Gray Matter Systems. Right. They, you know, these are all companies who think really hard right. about about their customers, about where they want to grow, about global expansion. And, you know, people have to realize that we need to have our footprint outside of this region. So it was fantastic. First of all, hats off to to British Air for saying that they believed in us and they wanted to help us with this mission. So that was incredible. But super hats off to the Department of International Trade out of the U.K. who put together this trip for Mm -hmm. us that was focused on total, total engagement in terms of what every – one of these companies needed to be connected And to. it was a tour of the U.K. I mean, you started well, in London. Well, yeah, I mean, when you say tour, like we did was- some deep dives. I mean, we started in London, and to see what's happening in London is just incredible. I mean, despite what's happening or, you know, going to happen in Brexit, with Brexit, that the amount of growth in London, one of the most expensive places yeah. in the world, the amount of growth that's happening there, bar none, is just absolutely mind-blowing. Whether it's Google, whether it's Facebook, whether it's YouTube, whether it's um, in Manchester, the BBC, you can go sort of on and on. It's all about talent. It's all about – it doesn't matter how expensive it is to, to put your shingle out 
it's all about talent. And that was the same conversations that we were getting into as uh, many of these companies, Pittsburgh-based okay. or Pittsburgh-originated, right. uh, were getting into. They want to make sure they, they have the right sales team. They want to have the right markets that they're next to. They want to make sure that they have the right talent that's working on whether it's an R&D or doing development. And that exists all around the world. And we are all competing for that talent, every mm-hmm. one of these companies around the world. So we're not just competing in Pittsburgh. We're competing around the world. Absolutely. So uh, the opportunities for expansion are fantastic, and obviously it takes time. But what was so interesting is that taking a direct flight makes your life so easy. Well, so tell me about this it just direct changes flight. Because this is a brand, right, this is a brand, a brand new, flight. new flight. Direct flight runs four or five days a week. And, on British you know, Airways. On British Airways. On a Dreamliner. On, on a Dreamliner. Yeah. Great plane. And uh, Even the cheap seats are nice. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a solid plane, runs on time, you know, has all the amenities no matter where you sit. So six and a half hours you can get from Pittsburgh to London. Seven. It's seven. about seven. Right. And then I also heard that going through customs in Heathrow is pretty fast because they're using, like, facial recognition. Well, they're using facial recognition, which, is really, which is really interesting. So, like, if on your passport you don't have glasses, you know, you got to take your glasses off. If you had dangling earrings, it's so, it was so cool to see. Like, it took a while for my face to get... Mm you know, sort of recognized. A couple of us got sort of stopped because we didn't necessarily look exactly like we did on our passport. Right, exactly. But they, they have like, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 of these devices that you actually stand in front of, just like you do with your iPhone. So you stop and it stands in front of you and it scans yeah, your they, face? Yeah, well, you take your, your passport, you okay. put it in and scan it with the barcodes, and then you look at, you know, your face and you adjust your face in there. Gotcha. Right. So They're all like, of it, you know, are they like lighting, leave a little more light. There's a lot of variables, right? right? But on your phone, if you have facial recognition on your phone, you get the, you get the sense of that. Very cool. So that was great. Yeah, that was sort of easy to fly through. And, um, you know, getting into getting into London. You know, there are companies that are in Pittsburgh that already have London offices. So we had a chance. You know, Confluence has an, has an office there. Teletracking. Um, you know, it's not like it's so far off for us. Exactly. And to think that that's such you know an impossible dream for right. having small companies. Well, I think it was great to, to take these companies and they can see that if they want to expand, that that's a great place to do it because a you can get their very easily, and it's a great way to reach the European Union and beyond. Uh, it seems like a good home base as you're looking to expand internationally. Oh, absolutely. And the other thing is we went to Manchester. Manchester is a city. Okay. I hadn't been in Manchester for like six years. Yeah. couldn't believe the explosive growth there. BBC has a, a presence there. They're, they keep almost 70 to 80 percent of their um, students that graduate yeah, from the university. You told me that when you there. got back and that blew my yeah. mind that they're my mind. that much. That's amazing. Manchester is an incredible place. They have a huge concentrated team that works on business development, talent attraction, talent retention, um, everything around the strategies on their system, on their city, ground transportation. I mean, they are just so integrated in terms of what they're doing. Even their health system is is sort of integrated in in Manchester. Left Manchester, spent some time in Bristol. Then, to wrap this up, went to Cardiff, Cardiff, Wales. Yeah. Spent an incredible day at Cardiff. One thing that blew my mind. What's that? I never heard of Cardiff, really, except a year ago with Tree of Life. They had a vigil. Right. They had a vigil for their Jewish community along with their Muslim community. 
at the end <clears> of a beautiful day in Cardiff with elected officials there yeah. and all the public policy folks and people that entertained us. I said, I don't know if this is the right venue, but I want to thank all of you. Oh, that's and awesome. Representing really? the Jewish community here in, in from awesome. Pittsburgh. Super and cool. out comes from the crowd yeah. a guy who led the Muslim partnership with the Jewish community to have that. No way. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. amazing. And so now we're connected. That's so cool. So think about how small the world is. You that never is know where you go. Awesome we're all story. linked. Awesome story. So glad you got to be part of that trip. I wish I was on that trip. Maybe next time, if I play my cards right, I'll be able to do it. But anyhow, we got a great show happening in front of us tonight, Audrey. We have Colonel Doug Maddy from the Army AI Task Force stopping by. We have Dave Passavent from NUMO and Robert Begay and Brad Raleigh from VACO on the show tonight. So we've got a lot of Tech Vibe Radio action coming right at you. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Rousseau. And we're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Go learn more about how we help tech companies succeed by going to pghtech.org. And you can even follow us on Twitter, if you so please, at, at pghtech. Sometimes, Audrey, we get a cast of characters that come into Tech Vibe I know. Radio. We should have recorded that. I know. We should have, because... That might be even more priceless than the show. It could be. You never know. <laughs> anyway, we have too much fun. We, we get to talk to some of the coolest, funnest people that are making Pittsburgh. It's the funnest sector. word. It is. Okay. I coin it. I use it all the time. Bestest, <laughs> funnest, craziest. All right. So we got some great <laughs> guys in the house that are working at a cool company. Called Vaco. Called Vaco. Yeah. And uh, V-A-C-O. And if you're listening and you're looking at your phone and you want to look them up, their website is? Vaco.com. Vaco.com. Absolutely. We have Robert Begay here. And, of course, we have Brad Raleigh here as well, too, leading up the Pittsburgh office. Guys, thanks for hanging out with us tonight on Tech Vibe Radio. Do appreciate it. Yeah. So what's the lowdown on Vaco? Give us your pitch. Yeah. Thank you, uh, first off, for having us. Absolutely. Uh, Excited to be here. A uh, little bit about Vaco. So we do, we're a management consulting talent solutions and advisory firm. Uh, global. So we're in over 40 markets uh, to date. Um, started down in Nashville back in 2002 with uh, a few folks that were ex-Arthur Anderson guys that felt like they had a better spin on the talent solutions industry. And so kicked off in 2002. We've been a Fortune 5000 company for 13 years running oh, and uh, consistently growing. We just hit just over $750 million in revenue. Good Lord, year. man. That's so. what I'm talking about. And Pittsburgh is your newest office. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is, is our new. newest office. Yeah. Yeah. Really, and you got really Robert excited. here with the Pittsburgh office, which is great. So why Pittsburgh? Why Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh's an awesome town. I grew up here. I love it here. And um, it's a great place to work. Absolutely. And so what are the services? What are you going to focus on in this office? Yep. So we're focused on IT. So technology is where we're starting our practice with. Uh, We divided it into two divisions. So we've got a management consulting practice, which does things like organizational change management, project program management, agile transformations, really the business side of technology. And then we have another division that focuses on technical services, and that's your application development, your testers, et cetera. And so... Why do you think Pittsburgh is a great place to open up, besides the fact that it's a great place to be? 
Yeah, so we do a lot of market evaluation before we come into that. Yeah, you're just not moving into throwing darts at the board. Yeah, hey, yeah. Yeah. Pittsburgh, let's I go. I want to hear their why. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so you're doing research out there. I mean, obviously, you're a big company what making you smart moves. What do you find? In, what would you find in Pittsburgh to say, we're opening a Pittsburgh office? Yeah, yeah. So we had actually opened in a few similar markets previous. So we had a okay. pretty good amount of data on what Pittsburgh could potentially turn into, which we were really excited about. And uh, so today we're um, operating in other cities like uh, Columbus, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, really all the neighboring cities. So it was kind of a logical next step. It's like, yeah, you're missing the main part in the middle there, Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It was one of those deals where we wanted to get in here earlier, and it was just a matter of putting all the right pieces together. Very cool. Well, we're glad you're in town doing what you're doing because – you're like the fifth beetle of many companies. Like they're, they're scaling, they're growing, but they need to get talent when they need it and the expertise, and you can slot in there and make that happen. Can you tell us a little bit how you work with companies and how you kind of help help them scale up and help them help them succeed? Yeah, that's a, a great question. So one of the things that we do that's different is we do a 360 assessment. So part of the recruiting process is not only the technical acumen that the individual brings, okay. but also the behavioral. Mm-hmm. What we, we found call it is the niceness factor. The niceness factor. It is. Exactly. We're trying to avoid the jerks, right? Like yeah. At the end of the day, we think That's about your new tagline, we avoid the jerks. Avoid the jerks, exactly. right? We want to find people that you would want to sit next to, right? That you'd be excited about at the water cooler. I mean, Rob, for instance. Yes. I managed to do a bad job. I know, I, you really what the did. heck, man? Jeez. Plunk, plunk. <laughs> He's in the house. But, <laughs> so, yeah, we're looking for... So here you are in our market, and you're going to focus on information technology and, and all technology, I would assume, right? Yeah, that's correct. And so you are looking to both place people or help people get fine talent? Both. 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 Okay. And so the type of talent that you're looking for, is it executive talent? Is it more seasoned talent? Is it leadership talent? Is it? Yeah, so there is a phrase, and I'll seal our CEO's phrase. Um, We are just getting started with your CEO as far as a retained search. And then from there, we're going to look to help build out potentially project teams, et cetera. Uh, So we can go uh, everywhere from the, the front desk to the CEO. Oh, wow. Okay. That's pretty crazy to have to be able to, to have that kind of scale and sweep scale. like that. Yeah, because I mean, you're different personality sets, different skill sets. I mean, that, that that's that's impressive. Are yeah. you? What are you finding with the workforce these days? Are there some things that you think you want to give us some advice on? Yeah. So the workforce so, is tight, right? So if somebody's looking to hire, uh, labor market is the tightest it's been. Uh, there's a Jolt forever. report, right? That says. Right, forever. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Jolt. Um, Our listeners might not be. Yeah, it's a uh, it's something that gets put out by the uh, U.S. government to mm-hmm. basically report on unemployment, and right now it's at an all time low, which basically means we're in a really tight labor market. And with that, that means especially in IT, uh, all time low for IT. Um, the right candidates are employed for most. Uh, for most is of that why clients. you keep calling me up on the phone? It is exactly. They right. haven't called so me at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jeez. You know, you're not in tech. I know. <laughs> yeah, so then it comes down to what is the company doing to sell their business, right? Because we're, we're at a point now where companies have to think about how am I attracting talent? What am I doing that's different? A- am I doing a great job with things like onboarding? So 
maybe because that gets around, right? So if somebody comes in and has a bad experience when they're onboarded, maybe oh really that early on, huh? Oh yeah, so people make up their minds in about ninety days whether they want to stay. So you got about ninety days if you're a a company trying to sell somebody on uh, why you're a great place to work. Wow! And so, what kinds of things are you seeing when it really works? Uh, Onboarding processes that are airtight, um, that are very inclusive where somebody doesn't come in and feel like, okay, hey, your laptop's not set up yet. Give us a little bit. Um, ah. You might see your manager. You might not. You may have lunch with somebody. You might not. Um, they're very process-oriented. They've got some sort of rhythm down that makes somebody feel excited to come Really good feedback. Yeah. That, you know, maybe their name's on a digital board when they come in and welcomes, and they've got some bundle package ready for them. There's a... There's a uh, a very intentional process put in place to make sure they're thinking about the employee. Very cool. We've got a couple minutes left. You have an awesome tagline, and I think you've kind of summed it up with how you guys work today. When, when you're looking at the end of the day, it comes down to one company, one partner, and so many freaking solutions. I mean, it's like, I don't know how you keep track of it, but it seems like you're a great place to start. And I always tell our listeners, don't be afraid to reach out, right? So reach out to Robert over here. Absolutely. And say, look, we, we have some positions we're, we're trying to fill. We have some problems we're trying to solve here. So, so really, the idea is, is there a sweet spot that you want to work with with, with companies or really at any size? Like uh, what's, what's, the, what's the parameters that you guys yeah, Typically, out? again, we'll work <clears throat> on the mid-size, mid-size markets as well, up to enterprise markets. Okay. Uh, it's kind of our sweet spot. Very cool. So, and, of course, just go to Vico.com. 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 Absolutely. And they can check it all out there as far as that is. Very, very cool. So any, any parting thoughts, anything, any thoughts about what's happening in 2020 moving forward? I can't believe we're on the precipice of a new decade. What do you see? Obviously, you big hope in Pittsburgh. You opened your office here, which we're excited about. What do you see happening in the next year? Uh, as far as tech trends, yeah. I mean, we're seeing all kinds of trends with things like uh, robotic process automation. Mm-hmm. That's Definitely. a big one. Um, actually, RPA. Going, RPA, yeah. That's right, man. Going back to the idea of how to uh, leverage things for maybe onboarding, right? So I'm actually hearing that that's coming up in onboarding okay. as a way to shore that up if somebody doesn't have a great process yet. Uh, but also for chatbots, et cetera. Uh, AI is a big one. Um, so a lot of conversation around machine learning and AI. Absolutely. Uh, those Great are probably stuff. the big ones. Awesome. Hey, Brad Rowley and Robert Begay from Vaco, thanks for hanging out with us. So glad you're here in Pittsburgh doing what you're doing. Hey, thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Hey, Thank we're taking you. a quick break. A ton more tech vibes coming your way. It's like a freight train running right at you. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Vusa. Learn more about the Pittsburgh Technology Council by going to pghtech.org. Sometimes, Audrey, when we do Tech Vibe Radio... We get some really cool guests that I just get really pumped up about, and they're leading some crazy cool projects. And this is just going to be one of those segments. I'm just saying right now, I'm laying it out. <laughs> we have with us today, we have uh, Colonel Douglas Maddy. This guy is seriously running some cool stuff here with the Army AI Task Force. So much to talk about. I just can't believe this well, is happening a- here in Pittsburgh. Like this is. Well, I can. Why can't you believe it? I can believe it. Uh, I just think it's just such a cool thing that like it wow, is right when we're yeah, cool and we got I, you know this guy in the house here exactly who is originally from pittsburgh I left know. pittsburgh came back he's got one of those tethering glue that makes you come back and is that forth. what it is tethering glue yeah because well, you know it moves it goes back yeah, exactly and forth, you know, right it's like, yeah. a, it's like a putty 
And he, just a couple of quick things about yeah. him, and then we're really just going to get into this, but I want you to know who we have in the house. So he received his commission from the U.S. Military Academy, earned a bachelor's degree in computer engineering, has a master's degree in applied mathematics from Naval Postgraduate School and strategic studies from the Army War College, which is pretty interesting, and a doctorate degree in engineering systems from MIT. So he has served in the office of the Undersecretary of the Army, Strategic Initiatives Group Chief, Capability Development, et cetera, et cetera. I told you okay. I was excited to have this guy on I the mean, show, Audrey. So I think cetera, it's kind of apparent, cetera, right? right? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> he can run circles around the both of us, I feel like literally a slacker and at this point, bitter, think, figuratively. So welcome. Welcome. Thanks for uh, having me on. As you yeah. can tell, we're excited to have you on the show. We're very excited <laughs> we to think have it's cool. you on. We think it's cool. So, so tell us after one year. Just tell you've been, this was actually one year. It's, it has been, yeah. And give us sort of your quick pitch about what AITF is. So the Army established the Artificial Intelligence Task Force um, really to kind of bring focus to a number of efforts that were happening across the Army. Um, so a lot of times folks will say, hey, AI is relatively new. A lot of the folks that have been in this field will tell you, no, actually, um, there's a couple guys over at Carnegie Mellon, Newell and Simon, that actually did this back in the, <laughs> back 50s. In the 60s. Back in the 50s and 60s, yeah. right, yeah. exactly. So, so it's been growing for a while, but just like everything else that seems um, to become popular is it just takes a while till it catches on. And, and that's what we're seeing, I think, in the terms of the technical aspects of this is a lot of folks have done a lot of really heavy lifting, a lot of work to get us to the point now where you actually have the technology, the software, the hardware, all of that's starting to come together. Um, and it's really interesting and exciting to be in Pittsburgh because that's where kind of really fused together to take off. It kind of boomeranged like you. <laughs> to a, to a huge degree, yeah. So artificial intelligence, talk about the the – um, enablement of that and how it relates to the soldiers. Sure. So um, a lot of folks have some preconceived perceptions exactly where we're trying to take okay. the application yeah. of artificial intelligence. Um, and for us, it's it's really about how do we enable the soldiers, right? So the Army's most valuable resources are our people, it's our your soldiers, people. our civilians, our workforce. Exactly. And so for us, um, you know, Again, robots have been around for a while. Um, you know, folks talk about the three Ds when it comes to where would it be good or make sense to have robots, whether it's dangerous, dull, or dirty. Right? Soldiers live in that environment. That is where. What, that's why we have. That's what they're soldiers, there. Right. right? Exactly. exactly. So for us, the natural regression that I alluded to was how do we go from having teleoperated or um, you know, whether it's ground vehicles, air vehicles, et cetera, and how do we take advantage of all these advancements so that our soldiers can then focus on doing the things that we want them to do, which is defend our nation. And so that's, that's really how we're able to do that because um, if you think about some of the projects that we're working on, for example, so um, when we say that soldiers are our most valuable resource, actions speak loud in words. So our first project actually is, how do we better manage the talent that we have across our workforce? So I know you're kind of asking me a little bit 
about background, et cetera, mm-hmm. and folks are like, wait a minute, I, I didn't think the Army had these PhDs that do these types of things. That's why it's so exciting to know that this is what's going on with, like, the Army. Like, this is the... Yeah, you're, are you the only one in the Army with this kind of pedigree? I was going to say. No, there's several. So, um, yeah. so, example, the director, Brigadier General Matt Easley, um, he has a PhD from Colorado School uh, State that mm-hmm. he focused on AI back in the late 90s. And so, you know, we just recently brought on a, a super talented <clears throat> team as we stood up the task force here in Pittsburgh. So I have a data scientist that just graduated from Stanford with a Ph.D. in AI. I have a network engineer that is my data engineer that has a master's degree from Georgia Tech. And so as you start to look through the pedigree of the talent Got that the quite Army a bench has, of talent going on right, here right now. This is very cool. We're able to do that. And, and in fact, uh, so as I said, the first project that we're working on is actually – um, our chief of staff of the Army's top priority, uh, which is talent management. How do we? How are we able to do that better? Because in the, he'll say, uh, how do we move from the industrial age to the information age? And so what we're trying to do is, how do I get out of having just the right code, you know, that we mm-hmm. use to track a, a, an individual on a piece of paper and say, okay, here's a space to put that face. And what we're trying to do is leverage some of those other attributes. So how do I find all these other folks that are out there that, you know, because they're either interested or had an opportunity to go to a graduate program, that they have, you know, expertise in various data science software, um, that they're coding just for fun, you know, on the spare time that they have. Now we're looking to pull those folks in and leverage that. And then, again, don't forget our reserve component because – I never thought know, about that right. You right. get the whole part of the reserves, right? Right. And so the reserves, um, you know, they have civilian occupations that they do um, during the week. But, and then on the weekend and a couple weeks every year, they go off and do their Army responsibilities. Exactly. And so we're looking to tap into that. And so, in fact, uh, not only did we establish the AI task force, but there's other aspects that have been done at varying levels. So there's what's called the 75th Innovation Command, which is a reserve unit. Wow. That has outreach across the country. And so they're pooling those resources to find other unicorns, if you will, exactly. and bring them to the forefront. And then let's not understate um, what is what is probably the biggest push behind this, which is the establishment of Army Futures Command. And so, you know, folks hear about these things called four-star generals, mm-hmm. and they think they're mythical, but there actually are some in the Army, not very many. Um, but the Army decided, with the support of Congress, to establish a new position um, for a new four-star general to be the commander of Army Futures Command. That just only makes sense because that's where everything is heading at the end of the day, right? right. And so to have that is just right there. Yeah, and, and what's huge about it is um, the Army was not shy about taking um, existing organizational structures that had done well in the past, but we thought that we could do it better by realigning them underneath one um, commander that was able to integrate and synchronize these efforts so that you have a blend of we'll call future concepts and requirements alongside the material developers in terms of our um, labs. Everyone may have heard of, um, they've changed the name, so I apologize for using some old names and then flipping them forward. So, for example, our Tank and Automotive Research and Development Command, or TARDEC, is now the Ground Vehicle Support Center. And so we've taken a number of these kinds of organizations that have been around for a while, but then realigned them to give them that purpose. And then the last piece that they added in terms of the major muscle moves, if you will, um, was reestablishing and reaffirming the commitment between our acquisition professional workforce and how they tie in to support what's called this future force modernization enterprise. 
And so when you get all of those folks pulling the right way with a common purpose, um, I think that we'll see that we have dramatically improved our um, ability to field new capabilities. So why Pittsburgh? I would say why not Pittsburgh, but what what drove this here? So I think... um, you know, one of the, the best ways I could offer that is uh, when now Secretary of Defense, then Secretary of the Army, Dr. Esper, was here for the kickoff on the task force um, in 1 February of 2019. Uh, so it hasn't been that long that we've oh, been here. Yeah. Um, the way he said it is, um, you know, Carnegie Mellon, which is where we're partnered with, as well as some of the other universities here, Pitt, Penn State, etc., um, said Carnegie Mellon and Pittsburgh embody the spirit of hard work and innovation. And that is essential to shaping the Army of the future. And so what, what we like about the, the talent pool that you find here in Pittsburgh is it's not so much about um, the recognition, et cetera. It's really about the work. Getting it done. Exactly. Right? How do we get Locking work done? Walking and tackling, man. Because yes. you notice that more than anywhere else that you've been? Um, so I think, I think the answer here is definitely. I think you find a lot of focus on how do we achieve results and then move to the next one so it can get better. So That's, I think that's part of our DNA. Yeah. 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 If really people if people want to learn more about this, can they any place they can go and really to kind of soak it in and check it out? Sure. So um, we have a number of forums up there, whether it's uh, LinkedIn, um, Twitter. We post things all the time for Excellent. different engagements. Right. Um, but again, I think the key thing is we're trying to understand how we can enable the soldiers to focus on talent management, things like logistics and sustainment, whether it's predictive maintenance. And then, of course, you know, our operational capabilities where we're trying to understand situational better, um, whether it's long-range types of things or in, I call it, um, proximity perception so that we can enable our soldiers to understand what's going on around and make better, smarter decisions faster. I'm impressed. Like I said, my mind is yeah, blown. I'm just, all this comes together, and it's just so much. And you know that Pittsburgh is playing a huge role in this. To us, it's just exciting to have you back in town leading this up. It's just great, great stuff. I can't thank you enough for hanging out with us. This is Colonel Doug Matty. Thanks for what you do. Well, I mean, it's great this to is be home, and, and I actually uh, just want to thank Pittsburgh because uh, the comment I get from all of my team is they feel like they're home as well. So That's awesome. It's great, great to be a Yunzer. Yeah, there you go. Great, great stuff. Very, very cool. Audrey, we're taking a quick break, but we're coming back. Got a lot more tech vibrating friends. I don't know how we follow this segment up. I really don't. I'm going to say next guest coming up has got some big shoes to fill. <laughs> Anyhow, this is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. You can learn more about the Pittsburgh Technology Council by going to pghtech.org. You can follow us on Twitter at pghtech. And just to remind you, if you ever miss any episodes of Tech Vibradio, you can download them on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Tech Vibradio. So glad you are dialed into Tech Vibe Radio this Wednesday night. This is Jonathan Kirsten. And this is Audrey Russo. And Audrey, you know what? Last time I checked, fintech is kind of hot these days. Well, last time yeah. I checked, <laughs> I think the, the vision that came out of PNC yeah. to create Numo is what I would say is very hot. It's such a cool story. It is. So we have David Possevant in do. the house. And I'm going to pass the baton to him. Yeah. And, and not only just say, hey, Dave, hey, Dave, we got that. But talk about what what is NUMO. Yeah. Why don't we just start with that? Let's sure. dive in deep. Let's dive in deep. Um, NUMO is a, uh, it's a subsidiary company of PNC Bank. But it's, I, I would say the short answer is it's a unique take on a corporate incubator. It's, it's different than the typical venture, corporate venture fund. We're right. not a corporate venture fund. And it's different than the typical incubator model, which is 
companies apply to be cohorts that come through. Uh, we don't we don't do that. We're we're what I call a, a build incubator. So a we build incubator. Yeah, we yeah. find we find ideas and then we we build them ourselves and launch companies. And launch companies from that. So yeah. those ideas. So those ideas come from where? Come from three main places. Um, they come from our our parent company, from the bank. Uh, folks who are running a big. P&L or a big, you know, business unit inside the bank. Uh, they see like a problem that needs to be solved. Yeah, and exactly. So and they may just come with the problem. They may come with a problem. They may come with a thought on a problem. Okay. You know, a thought it, on a problem? Yeah, meaning Rich on like, a napkin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think this is, uh, here's an example. Like I, I think that, you know, um, uh, whatever it is, our customers are are, are not able, we, we can't give our customers this thing and our vendors can't do it for us. I don't see anybody in the market that's doing it. We don't have the skills or time to build it. Is this something you guys could take on? As an entrepreneur, like that's pretty terrific to have people, you know, bringing you those kinds of, of ideas. So you can have a lot of fun, yeah. solving super tough problems. Yeah. What's your background to, to lead this place up? Which I think is you got to have a pretty fascinating background, I assume. Yeah, I'm one of those people who who has done a lot of different things, but my background is in mainly in startups out in Silicon Valley, um, both on the consumer and enterprise side. Okay, uh, but I was in, you know I was an engineer. Uh, wrote wrote code for a while, um, and then yeah, and then and then went out to to the valley and was involved in two great startups out there. What brought you back to Pittsburgh then? Other than it being the greatest city in the world, yeah, keep talking, um, keep talking. You like the way you are playing into the room. <laughs> um, no, have I? I actually came back. I had reached a point where I decided I wanted to do uh, grad school, and so. Um, Applied to Carnegie Mellon, they decided they would have me, so that was a good excuse to come back, uh, come back to Pittsburgh, and then and then have family here, and I, I, I genuinely do love it here. That's awesome. So, so these ideas are thrown to you. I mean, we hear this from a lot of corporations. They have internal innovation. Right. There's something distinctly different about what you've created right. in Nemo. Right. And that was so. So inside the bank is just one of the three sources, right? So it's inside right. the bank. Okay. There's then we have our own what we call a, a, a venture team at Numo, or we're just essentially scouts that are looking for interesting ideas anywhere in the world. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. And that could be again a thread, a technology, uh, a trend, and they they similar to a typical kind of VC Monday meeting. They pitch ideas and say this one may work. And we have our own secret sauce kind of criteria of what what makes it work for Numo uniquely. Mm-hmm. But that's that's kind of bucket two, and then bucket three is um, the outside world at large. So the first thing I did at PNC was stand up our research center with Carnegie Mellon here in town, and um, notice that that a lot of academics have. I mean, it's sort of an IP factory, right? And so a lot of academics have IP, but don't necessarily have the appetite to, or desire to like go Actually leave their job, turn to a company, and right. try to go well, through that. Know. Or they don't even know. Right. And I, I don't right. know either, but I, I at least know a little. You know, I, I don't also have to teach classes, and you know, uh, I know a little bit more, I guess. So so. This is a model whereby we can partner with them to actually commercialize their IP or tie their IP to a problem in financial services. And it's sort of like company in a box. And our equity model is they would receive more equity than just a typical advisor would, but Very less cool. equity than if right. they went and started it on their own. Okay. Right. All it's a, it gives them a nice middle ground. Exactly. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Exactly. Very so, cool. So, what, so you've been doing this for, what, two years now? Yeah, a little over two oh, years. Two years. Yeah. And so what's come out? Anything that you can talk about? Yes. Um, so we're uh, consistent with PNC's DNA. We're methodical. 
Um, we're, good. I'm glad we're a bank. We have, we have to be. Right. Um, so we, we very carefully built the company from uh, just two, two of us, basically, up to, up to more. Um, we have three products now, two that are in the market and a third that will be here uh, at the end of the year. Uh, so very excited about that. One's a product called Indie, which is a, essentially a bank account for the gig economy worker. Um, which is which is so really it sort cool. of helps them save, like yep. so that they can save for their yep. taxes, save and for they taxes, can record. track expenses. That's great. Yeah, and then we'll get into some other features around helping you deal with lumpy income because you don't get paid every right. other Friday. So, like yeah, it, it helps you smooth things out, yeah. right? Makes yep. sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Then so we have cool. a, yeah. Then we have a vision for it from there, but it's we've tried to keep it uh, small and sort of. Hopefully, mm-hmm. elegantly execute on the core idea, and then see see what the market thinks. So we have uh, less than a thousand people in it right now. It's just in trial mode. You can only oh, sign good. up for a can wait people list. People sign up for it. You sign up for the wait list. I, I hope it's a wait list. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm free. Where would they find, like where they find it? Uh, goindy.com. G O I N D I dot com. And then within, I would expect. I don't, I don't know. Within a couple of months, we'll we'll take the wait list off and we'll go full. That's good. That's a good year. way to contain it. Yeah. So you're getting a lot of feedback. In some ways, that's agile. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We say uh, you know the, it's the crawl, walk, run. Right. We call it a lot of different things, but basically it's you know launch a product that we're excited about and then see if in fact it you know blows up when you put it in the market and then if it doesn't and people like it you you know you scale. You so scale. how big is the Numo team? So we're um, less than 40 people now. Is that, that much now? That that's much? Great. Well, yeah. From two a couple years ago no, to that's 40. Great. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so, yeah and we'll be, um, again, v- very methodically, but we'll be, if, if any of these products is successful, we have a, a pretty clear path to more funding to grow a successful product and then hiring up from there. And I, I think our 2020 will look like that. So what about the second one? Can you talk about the second one? Yeah, second one's an enterprise software product. Um, and the long and short of it is, it's PNC is actually roughly the fourth largest commercial real estate lender in the country, which was news to me. I didn't know that until we really ju- jumped into That's the space. That's pretty but significant. Very yeah, significant. So absolutely. We built a product that actually uses a bunch of different data sets to give insights to people that uh, own or operate commercial real estate. Um, and so, if I'm looking to fill a space, which you know, around here would be very, there's a ton of space popping up, a ton right. of people moving in and out. Figuring out which tenant you should have in that space and what you should charge them is actually a pretty complicated thing, right? And there are some traditional methods for doing that. Um, we took a sort of completely different approach to the problem and looked at data sets that aren't typically looked at to give those insights. And so we have a, we have a product that does that. So that could be used for lots of other things, too. It could be. Absolutely. Right. My right. mind That's is racing now. Yeah, it could be. Thinking so, about... Yeah, we're, so we're working with uh, a few of the largest REITs in the country, the Real Estate Investment mm-hmm, Trust, right. that already had a relationship with PNC. Again, an awesome part about building stuff from inside of this machine is I could just call them Exactly, and say, yeah. You've got some built-in test, to, test yeah. subjects right there yeah. ready to go that's that can great. provide the feedback. Yeah. You're so what for. about people like who are listening or people that we know and they think it, they have an idea for you? Is there so, a mechanism for that? Um, th- there is a mechanism. So our, and our model is unique in that PNC – owns the majority equity position right. in anything that we create, right? So I'm very upfront right. about that right. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay. But there's a material amount of equity that we put up for play and mm-hmm. for NUMO employees right. or people that join in with us. It is that middle ground that you talk exactly. about. Exactly, right, right, right. So for somebody, um, the, the, the profile of someone that I'd be interested in talking to is someone who has an idea 
but for whatever reason doesn't want to go down the traditional venture path. But even more importantly, that idea would uniquely work given NUMO's advantages, which is you're inside of a right. regulated major financial U.S. institution. Um, so if that, if that is the case and you think that being connected to NUMO and thereby PNC by proxy gives you that boost that is a right. you know, tremendous advantage, then be interested to talk. And so just opinion, you know, from your experience, why is it that we've seen over the last decade so many corporations have started their innovation centers, their internal centers of excellence, you know, mm-hmm. whatever the term is, and mm-hmm. incubators, that they haven't been as successful. Mm-hmm. What's, what's your view of that? So I have a lot of opinions on that. And failure has, I think, different reasons for, you know, depending on where you are. And that most of them do fail, like, accurately. Or they're, or they're sort of minor success for a small period of time, and then they, they, they go away. Um, my, my net opinion, and this was really the, the rationale behind pitching the NUMO model, was everyone wants to say that we're going to be innovative, we're going to be like a startup, but then your model doesn't contain like the key attributes that make a startup a startup. Mm-hmm. And, and, and equity ownership and for employees is a, is a big part of it, but there are, other, there are other things as well. I would think that is a big part of it. It's a, it's a huge part, right? I mean, it's what gets folks I mean, really excited. I don't excited. think we need to do a regression analysis. I think we can say that's a variable yeah. that matters. Yeah. So that, that's where I think um, it takes a lot of uh, guts for a large corporation to say, all right, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna give you this structure that right. will actually allow you to attract that sort of level of startup talent. I feel and like this has to be totally unique, I mean, to, to the world in many ways. Are there any other banks that are operating quite like this to have a NUMO association, for lack of a better term? Um, I don't know that there are yeah. other banks that have existed, a, uh, have created a sub-entity that exists to yeah. create spin-out mm-hmm. companies. I'm just so impressed. I mean, it makes me so, like, Pittsburgh proud that, like, this is what PNC yeah, does. Yeah, it, to me, it's, it's just an awesome way. Yeah. To solve these problems and create new companies and create new wealth. Yeah, I, I, so I, I'm obviously I'm, I'm ecstatic. The, the proof yeah. will be in the uh, in the outcome, right? So success at Numo is two, three years from now. We've got two, three more Pittsburgh companies, tech companies that are out there now that, that were born at Numo, if exactly. you will, and that are out right. hiring and growing and taking on money. It's uh, that, that's the vision. And if you go to numo.com, you can check it out. I'll scroll through your site. It's a beautiful site. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Got me all fired up what you <laughs> guys are doing. We're, we're hiring. And I was so excited You're to hiring. talk to you, David. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you, David, for joining My us. Pleasure. And we're going to keep our eyes on you and do some other stories about yeah. Numo. Yeah, we want to report back in six months. Uh, happy to do it. Because I know you're going to have some great stuff to bring back yeah. to the table here. I'm so glad we got to talk with you. Cool. Thank you for having great me. Great stuff, Audrey. we got to wrap the show up, man. Yeah, I want to keep talking. Great. I want to keep going. You this were close to asking him for a job. This close. You, you know, were. I, I saw that. I didn't think it was quite appropriate yet. You know, I had to kind of no. hold back a little bit. <laughs> I wouldn't give you a good reference. I know, but I like doing the show. It's way fintech, too much. Jonathan. Fintech. I, I, Remember that. I love fintech. It's pretty cool. I've got a coding test in the I heard bag. it's hot. I can pull it out for you. I heard it's hot. <laughs> Anyhow, this is Jonathan Kirsten. And this is Audrey Russo. And we are from the Pittsburgh Technology Council bringing you Tech Vibe Radio every Wednesday night here on KDK. We love bringing you these awesome stories. Have a great night, everyone. <laughs>